The following is a member of the Growler Media Podcast Network. Find out more at growlermedia.com. Comey Snake. Welcome to Escape from New York Minute, where we celebrate and analyze the dystopian classic one minute at a time. I am Molly Balin. And I am Eric Deutsch. And we welcome back voice actor and impressionist Jason Stevens. Hi, thanks for having me back for another minute. Yay, thanks for not escaping. I can't, (laughs) I can't. There's no way off this island. (laughs) There is, but it's mined. (laughs) It's kind of a bummer. Uh, well, we are in minute 80 and it is an action-packed minute. Minute 80 begins with more blinking screens, so we find a whole plot point hinges around a safety latch on a bracelet. <laughs> <laughs> Snake gets to the roof of the Trade Center only to find that his glider is under siege and Brain and Maggie are trying to hold them off. And then it wraps up with the crew having to retreat back into the building. So, there's a, there's a big design flaw with the <laughs> Um, why does the signal only last 15 minutes that's that's the most worthless safety mechanism ever created why does it only last 15 minutes and to say it only lasts 15 minutes so matter-of-factly like you know it only lasts for 15 minutes what's (laughs) wrong with you like that was discussed previously like we could make it 20 minutes, but then, I don't know. Now, 15 minutes is long enough to find out what I need to know. <laughs> Shut your mouth and get back to work. Also, Molly, I'd like to say that Hauk once again gets to talk about the safety catch. Hauk loves the safety catch. It's <laughs> for the safety catch. And it turns out he was very right to be excited about the safety catch because, wow, it really did come into play. Who knew? Except I know. <laughs> He loves that safety catch. And I love how he says safety catch. Reminds me of my Little League coach when I was a kid. He used to say, let's just play catch. Let's play catch. (laughs) It's kind of like, have you ever had like a really good idea at work? Like, you know that everybody was being really, with respect, being really fucking stupid about something. But you had the right idea. And then it totally, something happened to justify that idea. And everyone was like, yeah, actually, that really was a good idea. I feel like this is Hauk's moment. Like, <laughs> Hauk had a, had a contribution and everyone's like, yeah, man, yeah, you just, you saved the world. Really, like the world got saved through a safety latch on a bracelet. Yeah, Hauk was like, y'all laughed at me when I said 15 minutes was all we needed on that thing. But now who's laughing? Safety catch. <laughs> Safety catch. You can kiss my ass. Safety catch. <laughs> and uh, so we see the Master Life Clock, and we see it's down to less than an hour. So this ties into yesterday when we were saying how the draft script had it at two hours and 40 minutes. By the shooting script, they knocked it down to 2.05. So now by the time they're filming, they've knocked it down to less than an hour. Yeah, the tension is really ramping up. And yeah. and they don't even really go into, again, why would you go? Like, they need to go into, again, how many stairs they have to ascend and descend and how long that would take. Well, I'm very glad you mentioned that, Jason, because 
we do go back to the World Trade Center, and and, and the, the shot is Snake getting off the elevator on the roof of the World Trade Center. And back in the beginning of the movie, Hauk told Snake that the elevator only goes down to the 50th floor, and you have to walk if you're below the 50th floor. So that means that Snake had to walk up 50 floors just to get to the elevator with his shitty leg. And after a big fight. Yes, and after a big fight, and after he's had no sleep for the last 22 hours and has been running all around Manhattan. And he took the time to put his shirt back on, Molly, by the way. (laughs) I noticed. Yes. So it actually kind of, sort of, makes sense, though, that if he got back to the World Trade Center at 2.05, that by the time he gets to the roof, it's 59 minutes. It kind of makes sense. It would have taken him an hour five to go up 50 floors with the bad leg and then get on the elevator. Right. Like you don't see the, the, like the boring parts where he's has, has <laughs> to pause. Like he pauses after three stories and he, ah, geez. Ah, oh man. Like he says something witty and then he keeps walking like that. Didn't make it in the film. Cause you'd have to do that. It would be, a, the film would be too long. You can't include all the stairs. I just had a great idea. Someone needs to... I would never sanction a remake of this movie. The only way I would do it, if someone actually filmed it in real time, a full 24-hour-long movie, like the old TV show 24. Oh, that's a great idea. York, and just So you do actually have to watch him climb up the 50 flights of stairs. <laughs> that's an entire episode. <laughs> an entire episode of him climbing the stairs. That'd be great. Well, they are doing the, the remake, aren't Are they still... Like, still working on the script? Yeah, I th- it's one of those ones that, like, every year or so you hear about it, but I, I yeah. haven't. It seems like it just. They keep changing script writers and they keep changing producers, and I don't think there's anything concrete, really, at the moment. Well, maybe that's for the best. Yeah, I. Oh, I. It is in my book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know that this needs to be. I mean, there's plenty of things that have been remade that I was under the. Opinion did not need to be remade, but I think this is definitely one of those that I just, they really need to leave it be. Yeah, Dwayne The Rock Johnson can't be in everything. Uh, uh, that, that's who they would cast. <laughs> exactly, would exactly. So Snake enters a, a, a gunfight here as he comes off the elevator, or at least, well, Maggie's shooting a gun. I don't know what the hell Brain's doing. Can either one of you make out what Brain is throwing at the people that they're trying to fight? I believe they're bricks. Yeah, he's like chucking chunks of rock at them. Oh, okay. And they're just they're just like uh, crazy people, right? Because they're like nobody's hurting anyone. Yeah. So, uh, Brain says to them, "Damn Redskins!" And once again, if you're just watching the movie and you're not doing ridiculous amounts of research for a minute-by-minute podcast, you're probably wondering why in the hell did Brain just say damn Redskins? Like, when I was a kid, I always thought it was just, like, some weird way of him calling them assholes or something like that. But earlier on in the movie, um, they cut a scene that was going to have a Native American gang when Snake first gets to the World Trade Center that Snake has to escape from. So... They should have changed this line because the way they ended up filming the movie and cutting the movie, it makes no sense. But that's why he's calling them damn Redskins. This is that Native American gang from earlier in the movie that ended up getting cut out. Oh, well, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And 
uh, if people remember way back to when we discussed this earlier in the movie, the depiction in the script of, of the gang was incredibly racist. And it, it still is here at the end of the movie. Here's a sentence from the script. The Indians hurl rocks and knives and clubs and debris at Brain, Maggie, and the President, like an attack on a wagon train. Because, of course, that's all Native Americans do, is attack wagon trains. Yeah, well, this was, uh, what, 19... When was this written? Because it was out in the 81. What, when was he yeah, writing this? Uh, he, he started writing it in, like, the mid-70s. Right, like as a, as a result of the Watergate scandal, yes. like yes. As, as sort of that fueled that dystopian, what if the president was, yeah, oh, yeah, th- uh, there was a lot of racism then, as, yes. is th- as there is now, yes. still. <laughs> and then even Brain even turns to the president and says, they're savages, Mr. President, and uh, so once again, we've, we're, we're calling the Native Americans savages, and I just love how Brain takes the time to... You know, make uh, some you know small talk with the president there. Right, pushing his pushing his racism on the president. The president's <laughs> not there to listen to this. <laughs> and you know, I, also they're they're, they're oh, sorry. Go ahead, Molly. No, no, no. You go ahead. I'll just say, and also like they're just they're you know to Jason's point that like it's almost like what are they really even doing? I mean, well, other than chopping their means of escape and, and sending it down the side of the building, so goodbye, Gulf Fire. But they're kind of also just sort of jumping around and making goofy dance moves and noises and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Like, they're kind of almost not even fighting them. Mr. President, look out, they're, they're going to parkour you. <laughs> down. Yeah, and because we get dropped into the middle of the action here, and I know because we have the privilege of the script, but within the movie, I think it leaves a lot of questions about, like, where were these people in the building, were they already on the roof? Did they encounter them on their way up and they happened to follow them up to the roof? Were they aware the glider was there? Do they not understand that maybe they could actually tell everyone to get bent and get in the glider and just try and fly away? You know, I mean, not that I don't appreciate like the anarchist, like, you know, like, ah, <laughs> we're going to go. Cause the guys at the end of this minute are like, yay. Look, we just tossed this off a building, <laughs> which I get that. That's pretty amazing. And if you don't have a whole lot of entertainment, maybe cutting a glider loose from a really, really freaking tall building and watching it tumble down to earth is probably very entertaining. Probably the best thing that's happened to you all year. But at the same time, maybe somebody could put two and two together and be like, hey, this could be a method of escape for myself. Just uh-huh. saying. <laughs> I think they're tripping balls is what's going on. <laughs> like, I think they were on the roof. They were on the roof for a rave. And then, but they didn't have any music. So they just did a, the drug, whatever they drugs they had. Uh, Cause you know, it's still Manhattan and it's, it's still prison. And so then that way the president is, and how did the president get to the rooftop brain took him up to the roof? Yes. Okay, so Brain and and Maggie and the president all took the same path that Snake took up to the roof. So that meant that the the Redskins, the people on the roof, uh, they all took the same path up to the rooftop too. Yeah, I think that's just that's the only way there. And they were the furthest along. Like, so they were already there, probably messing around with the plane, doing their rave stuff. Like and then the president and the brain and Maggie and the president show up, and then they get pinned down behind the uh, the, the piping 
the the duct work. Yeah, everybody loves a rooftop party. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I love the uh, the the handgun does not recoil. I've in, I've enjoyed that in so many films. <laughs> it's like in canon. <laughs> and then Snake gets it back, and I'm counting I'm counting the shots. Like I, I it sounded like uh, Maggie fired five shots. But maybe she ripped one off before we cut to Snake getting off the elevator. So then, if it's a if it's a six shot revolver, there's a period there where there's presumably a reload, and then Snake fires six rounds. So Maggie must give it back to Snake. Snake reloads, uh, but it's so haphazard. They're firing just like randomly, like not aiming at all. This 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 handgun has a scope a damn scope on it and the that's ridiculous like how inaccurate <laughs> like hey is this thing accurate after up to 30 yards sir well put a scope on it so i can miss things at 100 yards <laughs> <laughs> it does fit in with the uh the poster the movie poster where they where maggie and snake are shown running near the front and both of their guns are like pointed down and in front of them well you don't want to accidentally kill someone <laughs> You're bringing up a really good point, though, Jason, because I don't know if this is a revolver. There's a clip, but like, I don't recall ever him, meaning Snake, give her extra ammo. She's already shot this gun four times prior to them being on the roof. Yeah. She killed those guys. Oh, uh, right. So she's already spent, you know, and and I, forgive me, I do not know how much a semi-automatic holds a handgun. I'm sure there's someone out there who does, whether it's 12 rounds or 8 rounds or whatever, but she's got to have expended everything by the end of them exiting this minute and going back in the elevator, even if there's, you know, maybe there's 8 shots in there. Or she would have had to have an extra clip, you know? So, so I didn't scrutinize, like I didn't scrutinize it, but just on glance alone, I believe that was Snake's revolver. Yes, and so, is. so that would be, and and I, I mentioned the uh, in the previous uh, minute, I mentioned that the, that there was a Snake Plissken action figure in the Todd McFarlane movie Maniac series that, that mm-hmm. I have, and it has the revolver and a hip holster and all that stuff. So, so I remember that that firearm, and yeah, so that would be six shots, likely six shots, although they make them with different different capacity for revolver, but. Nobody's carrying around a speed loader with the with the shells already in it. So right. like who's carrying just loose bullets in their pockets? She barely has any clothes on. She doesn't have pockets. <laughs> They're all like, in her bra. Yeah, well, I mean <laughs> so wait when we when we had that cool shot of all the weapons laid out on the table when they were uh first setting Snake up uh on the mission, and on the table next to the revolver there were two speed loaders next to the revolver. Okay. Um, but if you factor in the number of shots that have already been taken in this movie, and I'm, you know, obviously that's not something we've been really keeping track of, but we know she at least shot at least three bullets uh, in the room when she killed the three thugs when they took the president out. Um, Snake, I don't remember. Snake must have shot it at some point, I'm assuming. Um, I, I, I'm, I'd have to go back and rewatch the entire movie, which I'm not doing right now. <laughs> Wait, there was a guy that he shot in the hand, remember, when he was trying to get away? Yeah, but was that with his machine gun, though, or was that with... Oh, the... no, that, that was machine, with the machine gun. gun. Yeah, that was. Um, so, I mean, unless one of... Unless the second speed loader was 
unused and Maggie got the second speed loader when she got the gun, there's yeah. just no way it works. And you're right, though, Jason. She's got, she's got nowhere to keep that speed loader. Right, and they're bulky, and they're heavy, because uh, lead is heavy. Uh, but you've got, yeah, so if you've got, if it's loaded when he gets it, and there's two speed loaders, and it's six rounds, then you're talking about 18 shells. And I'm not going to go back and rewatch this either to see <laughs> how many bullets fly. But those are the kind of details that kind of make you wonder. Like, did did they take that into consideration? Because in so many movies, they don't. Because people who watch movies don't kind of care most of the time, especially in 1981. Right. They didn't fact, know there would be real freaks 40 years later doing this kind of stuff. Right. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting you mentioned that because the only movie that I can think of where that I think really factors in is Dark Knight in the beginning where the Joker's like talking to one of the henchmen and, you know, they're waiting for the bus to break through. And he's like, that was like such and such many shots. And he's like, oh, yeah, it was like basically he's out. Right. And, you mm-hmm. know, he wasn't. This was when they're in the, the bank doing the bank robbery. And he's like, where did you learn to count? <laughs> but that's the only time I've really heard any kind of mention of, of somebody actually counting out in like a real quote unquote movie situation that it's important to, and somebody's counting actually how many bullets are being expended in that moment. Cause usually sure. it's just not tracked out. Right. Especially to that degree to, to prove that point that this, this character was counting them. Now, if you mm-hmm. look at like, like dirty Harry, was it dirty Harry, the enforcer? I think it was where that, that famous, like, I know what you're thinking, punk. Did he fire five shots or six? Right. That, that was another uh, instance where that kind of, it's like a, almost like a joke, right? Like uh, the punchline is, ah, but how many bullets did I fire? Yeah. That, that doesn't come up nearly enough in, cause it would come up in real life in those situations. That's mm-hmm. that's a survival skill to be able to count and compile uh, bullets fired. Yes. Uh, then they get back in the elevator. They get away. They go downstairs. And, and right as the minute ends, we get some more graffiti. And one of the graffiti shown in this shot is the reason I think that this was done by the production team. Because we see it says USPF season is open, which is... The kind of thing that, you know, a prisoner would write because they mm. hate guards, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, some other stuff here. We got a skull and crossbones. Uh, we have the word hell with an arrow pointing down. And we have don't fool with Nicoletti. And I googled Nicoletti and I, I was hoping it would be like, you know, some third dire- assistant director or something like that in the movie. But uh, they're unfortunate. I cannot find anyone named Nicoletti associated with this movie that's probably uh yeah it's probably like they they got a couple of interns to do some graffiti on the walls yeah and one of them was was named nicole and she's like don't fool with nicole and then <laughs> somebody else is like get that off of there let's make it italian don't fool with nicole. <laughs> all right there you go this must have been the funnest set decoration this would just, i just i keep looking at this and be like how much joy would this to be that you're just like handed a box of spray paint and be like, go wild, get crazy in here. Like so much fun. Oh my God. Absolutely. Let me, uh, let's, let's turn it over to Jason again here. Jason, remind everyone where they can find, uh, find you on the internet and, uh, any, any interesting projects that, uh, you've done in the past or coming up like to talk about. Oh, uh, you can find me at jasonsvoices.com on the internet. Uh, and I have, like audio samples and different different voices and things that I do there. Uh, as far as like cool stuff that I'm working on, I don't have anything that I can talk about. Uh, 
But um, I, uh, I, one of the things that I do, because I, I do voice matching and I do that for a lot of film trailers and I'll get, I'll receive from like from my management or whatever, like a, a, a film trailer production company will need replacement dialogue for a character in a film. And, uh, and I can say that, uh, I, I have seen tiny little bits of script of different things and I've, I've heard audio from various things and I'm pretty excited uh, about Jared Leto as Morpheus. Pretty Ooh, excited about that. Really? Yeah. Cool. That one's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I've, I've had a couple of movies spoiled for me, which sucks, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. like you got to make a living. And uh, it's, a really, <laughs> it's a really amazing job, and it's really cool. And it's, I'm, I'm so fortunate to be able to do that kind of stuff. But uh, I like to tease my comic book friends. Um, because I'm not as steeped in comic books as, as some of my friends. And so I'll be like, yeah, I just, uh, you know, recorded some stuff you know, for Morpheus. And they're like, what, what? No, 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 you're going to have to wait. You gotta wait till it comes <laughs> out, buddy. <laughs> All right, there you go. Anyone needs, uh, needs some voice talent. Uh, I, I will vouch for the man. Uh, he and I are old, old woman way back in the day, colleagues from my radio days. Eric knows where all the bodies are buried. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as for us, uh, of course, come chat with us on Facebook. Hang out with us in Brain's Library, the Escape from New York Minute Hangout. Hang out with us on Twitter. That's NY Minute Pod. Uh, let's give a shout out to moviesbyminutes.com, which is up to like 130 or something like that uh, teams at this point. Uh, so hundreds and hundreds of movies have been covered in this totally awesome format at this point. And, of course, the Star Wars Minute guys, the guys that started it all. Let's give them a little shout-out, too. And so, until next time, be on time, stay out of the sewers, and we'll meet you on the other side of the wall.